Hello and welcome to Headcanon. I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marco Sparks. And we're back because uh, we can finally talk about Wonder Woman, episode 41 of this show. <laughs> At long last, we've both seen the movie. Mm-hmm. This is directed by Patty Jenkins, written by Alan Heinberg, and then a bunch of people have story credit that I'm not going to bother reading. Uh, came out on June the 2nd, 2017. Part of the DC extended universe I which guess we've what they been call it. which we've been so kind to yes <laughs> well what did you think marco you want to just do general open statements statements i don't know that's usually how we do it yeah okay wow you are you are off the shade of source rex full tilt already um i'll keep mine very brief for a change um to beat you to the punch on that one uh it reminds me of crossing like the first captain america and thor movies uh i think it's better in some ways maybe worse than others um simply put great job of like representing the character of wonder woman like larger than life the iconography if you will um not a great movie to me but i i could see the value of it i see how it's super important um i can't believe people are still complaining about women's only screenings that's all i got okay do you have any thoughts uh yeah Um, i mean i think you kind of touched on my main point was i think this is a five-star execution of a wonder woman character in a three-star movie mm-hmm. it's a shame the script wasn't better but with dc i guess this is the the best we can hope for um i think wonder woman's a tough character because she's not really a snarky anti-hero she doesn't really have shades of gray like popular modern characters um she's a big damn hero like luke skywalker but unlike luke skywalker she doesn't have the hopes of an entire gender hanging on her success um i think gal gadot is great she carried the movie Steve Trevor, I think, did a pretty good job of being a sidekick and a love interest without feeling too inessential or taking over the plot too much. Um, I thought the Howling Commando, or the wannabe Howling Commandos, I should say, were <laughs> awful. I couldn't stand them. They added nothing. Chief! Ugh. I think the story got really like kind of tonally and thematically confused in the third act. Um, like It seemed like it wanted to have its cake and eat it too with Ares, but I tell ultimately it's the most Marvel-like DC movie yet. I, I wish that they could have sent this script through the, the MCU factory for a month or so to tighten things up. Um, but all in all, definitely the best DCEU movie. And having seen the trailers for Justice League, I have full confidence that they're going to completely fuck up all the goodwill that they've built up so far with Justice League in November. But we shall see. Um, let me add two things before I forget, too. Uh, Steve Trevor, what I liked about Steve Trevor, I think Chris Pine does a good job. What I like is that, for the most part, when he tells her, like, hey, you can't do that. It's like reasonably something nobody should be able to do. It's not too much of, hey, you're a girl. Girls don't do that kind of stuff. I I appreciate that. I liked your comment about running it through the Marvel like script factory. I almost would prefer a Marvel soundtrack to the soundtrack just because I hated that Wonder Woman theme left over from Batman vs. Superman. I didn't put that in my notes, but yeah. That I, I know some people dog shit. some people like that like electric cello thing. I cannot stand it. Every time it came on in the movie, I was just reminded of what a complete piece of shit Batman versus Superman was. And oh. I was like, why are you using this music? It, well, it doesn't fit with the rest of the soundtrack either. Like, no, yeah. no, not at all. And and I mean, I like I read Patty Jackson's comment about essentially inheriting Gal Gadot. Mm-hmm. And she's like pretty frank about like, well, this is not the actor I would have picked. Damn. But but she says, you know all of her strengths, you know, grew on me over the course of the production. Um, and I, I think she's, she's really good as, as one of them. I think she's great. Um, it's funny as you mentioned justice league. And I just thought like, 
I don't know if we're going to talk about it. I don't. I wish we didn't have to, but I feel like the Joss Whedon elephant in the room just hangs because he did do the Wonder Woman script in the 2005 that everyone still talks about. Well, they know they didn't use though. Yeah, I, mean, I know, I know. I don't know. That's a whole discussion. Well, I, I can't believe they think. keep asking Patty Jenkins, like, "Well, did you ever read it?" And she's like, "Why would I? Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't going to do it. Why would I read it? Why would I read it now? Yeah." Uh, from what I understand, it involved a lot of Steve Trevor saving Diana. I've not read it, so I couldn't say. Yeah. yeah. But whatever. Uh, that is not the movie we got. So do you want to move into our top three moments? Yeah. Do you have any runners up? Uh, I have one honorable mention yet. Do you have any? Um, just the, the very brief moment of Diana sizing up the chick before she steals her dress to go into like the gala. Okay. I should mention, you probably saw this movie very recently. I did not, so my memory is a little fuzzy on some of this stuff. Hmm. Uh, my honorable mention I gave to the No Man's Land scene, which perhaps is controversial. I know it's a lot of people's favorite part of the movie, but um, I have my reasons for it not being my favorite part of the movie. But I did think it was fairly good. Um, neat, neat effects sequence with all the uh, bolts coming at her from all these different angles and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that was my honorable mention. Okay. I felt like it was a very weird. It felt like the the shift, like it was one kind of movie, and then it suddenly became a Wonder Woman movie. There, I think it would have been better if it didn't have that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It just like is just like suddenly she's just like, oh, I forgot, I'm Wonder Woman underneath this big black cloak. Um, this is really dumb, but uh, the when the German general and the Doctor Poison are cackling about the uh, the gas masks, that was a little too Austin Powers for me. This movie is such a mess, though, in some ways. And their characters just don't work at all for me. But like, I was like, that's kind of dumb. I still remember that. I'll write that down. Mm-hmm. That was your three? That was my number three. My number three is uh, Diana trying the ice cream for the first time. Hmm. That was just a, a fun moment uh, from what I've read that's very much a Gal Gadot type of moment. That's kind of like her own personality there that I think that we've seen. Hmm. Uh, but any fish out of water comedy, it's always good to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two is <laughs> just generally the majority of the Themyscira stuff. I just I enjoyed it. Um, you always cheat at these moments. Yeah, fuck it. Um, it's the Amazon fighting style is very interesting because it's a little too grandiose. It's a little too big. I mean, I get the value of like you can watch like guys of like lightsabers like twirl around unnecessarily in movies and it's totally cool because they're guys but like i i don't know i i I, just beautiful scenery i enjoyed their society to the for the most part um it's gonna it's gonna be interesting kind of like wakanda when we get to black panther and like how do you stay what some people consider primitive but also like you're super highly advanced in other ways all right uh my number two was the fight on the beach in themiscura uh, it was just lots of fun. Lots. It was a different style of fighting, you know, like swinging from the cliffs and all that. Uh, bows and arrows. It was, you know, modern technology or, you know, modern-ish technology against more uh, classical technologies. That's always a neat fight. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Well, I think a lot of these movies, it's like whenever there's a big-name actor and they die early in the film, it's like you can kind of guess that they might come back a la uh, Ben Kenobi. Ben Kenobi, but uh, um, related Liam Neeson and Batman Begins. It's like, gee, I wonder <laughs> I wonder if this guy will return at the end of the movie as the villain. And I kind of like the Robin Wright pen. 
she's just a, she's just a mentor. Um, my number one moment is when Diana and Steve are dancing after they've liberated the village, and she's asking if this is what it looks like when people have no wars to fight and what that life looks like. And finally, he's just like, "I have no idea." <laughs> uh, my number one was Diana and Steve on the boat out of Themyscira. Just, uh, <laughs> I am always a sucker for kind of awkward stirrings of romance. You know, I don't know, good times. You know where I come from. I'm not considered average. Yeah, that not is as big of a fan. I don't know. I guess I felt like there were some like single entendres a lot of times in this movie where it's like there, you wanted there to be at least a double entendre mm-hmm. to it. And yeah, <laughs> I this is like a Chris Pine that I really enjoy in a way that I haven't since like the first Star Trek movie. Just like his kind of whatever Chris goofy. Pine's affect it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. And I, I feel like I've sat through more than a couple Chris Pine movies, though not all. Mm. Um, I, well, I want to say that what he was, what was the thing? The rumors that he was given the choice of like this role or like Green Lantern, and he chose this. That's probably for the best. Probably, yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. Well, any complaints? Some of it's not very memorable. Other characters, uh, and we'll get to some of it in our general notes. Uh, the, the score, the, the the Wonder Woman theme. In a way, I'm I'm glad we're not doing this podcast till now because I feel like if this was opening weekend, like we I, I feel like we'd just get pilloried for finding nitpicks about this movie. You know, I, I didn't want to rain on anyone's parade with this movie by like you know p- picking nits. So well, let um, me let me get down to it. I'm really looking forward to the sequel. I'm really looking forward to her like actually in present day, hopefully crawling from the wreckage of the Justice League movie. <laughs> I I mean. I just don't even know what the hell they're doing over there at Warner Brothers I, right now. So I, I like that. Oh, because I mean, how many of these, granted they're YA series, but like I think about these series where it's like it, it's, it's led by a female director and then they, they lose her for the second movie. Like before the first few weekends, you know, they've, they've gotten rid of Catherine Hardwick or whoever. So I'm really glad that like whatever the sequel is, Patty Jenkins will, you know, she'll have the confidence of, this opening weekend and all the money she's done and the success of the movie. So I don't know. I hope she has some real fuck you cachet. Um, I don't know how I feel about Jeff Johns. I feel like he's the the kind of cancer that just, he doesn't ever rile you enough to be noticeable and be removed. He just kind of stays there. Like Jeff Loeb. Yeah. Like Jeff. Loeb. Well, Jeff Loeb is worse. Than uh, any other complaints? I have a few, but no, no. Uh, as I mentioned before, I think the Z, the Z-list Howling Commando wannabes were just terrible. I could not stand them. Um, the third act, by the way, we'll be spoiling, of course. Um, the themes and tone in the third act were just really muddled, um, which I guess we can get into a little bit more later. But it just seemed like they didn't know quite how to wrap things up. Like suddenly there was like this whole like love versus violence thing happening and then there was Ares isn't making people do this but also he is mm-hmm. at the same time you know like it well from the moment professor lupin showed up were you not absolutely positive that he was Ares? oh yeah totally i mean yeah and then once he becomes Ares, i felt like wow he's really phoning this in yeah. <laughs> um and then lastly i i feel like the world war one setting was kind of misused um I'm generally pretty critical whenever they put World War One in a movie as it is. 
just because I feel like it's not it's not a war that really had a lot of heroism happening in it. And so it always feels false to me when I see kind of like people saving the day, like, you know, like something about the no man's land sequence just rubbed me the wrong way because it's like, yeah, World War One wasn't that kind of war. And it, you think World War Two would have been better? Order One or World War Two, I should say, has more clearly defined like good guys and bad guys. Mm-hmm. Like World War One was just like this massive tragedy where everyone just like murdered hundreds of thousands of their own citizens. You know, like it, it just doesn't quite like. There's no like, even though um, the Allies won in World War One, it was like they just didn't lose as much, kind of. Well, and and World War One's also where the rest of the the combatants were like, oh shit, war is modern now. Yeah, there's not gentlemanly well, there, rules. There was no martial prowess will save you type of thing. It was just mechanized slaughter, mm-hmm. um, and it seemed like they kind of forgot they were in World War One about halfway through the no man's land sequence. Like she she gets past the trenches and suddenly they're in like this French village. It felt right that whole sequ- like right after they get out of the trenches and it's like the fight in the village square or whatever mm-hmm. that felt like a World War Two movie from yeah. then on. We felt like Saving Private Ryan. And yeah. So, yeah, and then suddenly they're they're going to like this like Gothic German castle and it was like you could have just like fooled me and said oh this is World War Two now and I, like I, Dan is gonna go kick ass in Wolfenstein. Yeah, I would have loved to see her just walk past Vin Diesel like take this letter to my sister and she's like fuck off. Mm-hmm. Um, also for my purposes with. The political climate of the day, I would love for it to be Nazis so that we could talk again about how much Nazis fucking suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move into some general discussion. What do you want to talk about? Um, present day, Batman is still fucking obsessed with that photo. God damn. Yeah, the Bruce Wayne bookends. I don't think we needed them. No. Obviously, they're there just to make it seem like it's part of the DCEU. I felt like I was watching like the TV movie bookends to this though. It's like, and that's how I learned the blah blah blah. Well, the the bit with the photo wasn't entirely clear to me because the impression that I got in Batman v Superman was that Wonder Woman wanted this photo because it's like the only proof of her or mm-hmm. something. But now it's like a sentimental thing. Yeah, which I don't know. Like, if you have the digital version of it, does the original copy matter that much well maybe it does to her maybe if like i don't know it's not just the moment and the the people in the photograph but like maybe like there had been more with the actual photographer too i don't know i don't think that mattered as much it's just that like i it seemed like they changed their mind between batman versus superman in this movie as to what what the photograph why she wanted it you know Mm. like now it's a sentimental thing before it wasn't um but yeah, Bruce Wayne seems maybe a little thirsty. Oh yeah, he's he's hungry for it. It's like, hey, look what I got. You. He wants the uh, the D, the Diana. Um, so much so that presumably he'll put together a Justice League just to like spend time with her. Mm-hmm. Um, side note, I I found this interesting. Director of photography said that one of the inspirations for the film's looks was the paintings of John Singer Sargent. It was an interesting color palette throughout. Um, I like the kind of creation myth stuff at the beginning. Um where they're going into like Ares fighting the gods and all that kind mm-hmm. of just the but through painting, almost like yeah. moving, moving painting type, not quite animation, but kind of, you know, I, I kind of wonder if some of the stuff with Zeus falling, if we were supposed to get a little Superman vibe, like his like red Cape and stuff. 
Oh, yeah, I don't know. Um, did you, when they mentioned the God Killer, did you immediately know that it was Wonder Woman and not the sword? Because that seemed extremely clear to me when I watched the movie. I had started to wonder before the reveal only because I wrote down in my notes, so he created an island and a sword. And I thought, well, the whole point is that, that the women live there, the queen and the one child. So it started to kind of... I can't remember exactly how it came about, but when they're focusing on like, oh, you need to get this god killer weapon, like immediately in my mind, I was like, oh, that's not the weapon. She's the weapon. That will be her arc. you know. Which, let me reenact that through the vein of David Lewis. That's not the weapon. You're the weapon. Only a god. How did you feel about Ares's mustache? So yeah, I, I, wrote, I wrote that down. Once he becomes full on Ares, keeping the mustache is real funny. But then again, right now Superman has a mustache, so was <laughs> they, he just like back. fuck it? I'm not shaving. Like when they went to like Ares in the flashback, as it, like defeated Ares, mm-hmm. and he still has the mustache. <laughs> Well, like when David Thewlis has like uh, CGI like pecs and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's like obviously not his body. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, but what you what you think of just the the society of, of Paradise Island and all that? Um, I mean, I feel like we didn't get a ton of insight. It was, it was, it was there's some Xena vibes, of just mm-hmm. you know, kind of quasi Greek ish. Mm-hmm. Society. Where is that supposed to be? I guess it's in the Mediterranean or something, right? Uh, I'm sure there's some kind of comic booky thing. I'm, but I'm sure people are still debating where Gotham and Metropolis are. Well, somehow so. they like came out in the English Channel or like close to it. Yeah, but. she slept through the bulk of that journey yeah. by sea. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it was an interesting society. Um, I I wouldn't mind more going back there. I think definitely got lost vibes with the uh, like little portal thing where the guy could dip his head in through the fog of night and then look, like look at the uh, sunlit oh yeah, yeah. i just kind of thought when the island disappeared in like mm-hmm. season four um i thought it was just interesting that that robin wright like carrie fisher kind of started her career as a princess ended as a well not ended eventually became a general you know i think they're bringing her back in justice league i hope so one had uh mental illness and cocaine as a thing to fight over the course of her career the other had sean penn <laughs> yeah the the civilization there i i could certainly spend a lot more time there i love the well, i thought the, the little girl diana was great i thought she was fantastic um i liked her the looks on her face when she was watching the history like it was like deranged interested mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then steve trevor shows up yeah she has to rescue him the scene in the spa like i said is a little too single entendre ish but is very tropey like but i don't know i feel like no because it, uh it's, it's kind of a maybe called a guilty pleasure you know it's which like is unimpressive captain kirk's dick yeah and just like the oh it's awkward because she's never seen a man like it's it's kind of dorky but enjoyable at the same time you know i guess yeah i mean i th- I thought it was they did a good hand wavy of like i've read the 12 12 volumes of the book i, I know all about it I mean, they. I felt like they were. Your dick is not revolutionary. <laughs> they were really writing a fine line there, but like between just going full on like porn, sexy yesterday trope, mm-hmm. um, they may have crossed it a few times because mm-hmm. there are times when it's just like, haha, she's hot, but she's so naive, you know. But um, definitely playing of tropes with her being forced to wear glasses later. 
that the the line that Etta Candy has, like, oh, she's no longer the most beautiful one in the world because she put glass on her. That seemed a little too like modern ironic. Yeah. Like it's a funny line, but like the original would Pam someone in the office a, is would someone a hundred years ago really say that? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I feel like Chris Pine, my concern for him is that he's gonna fall into uh in one regard, a Mel Gibson valley where where so my, my point before i get to the anti-semitism the uh mel gibson like he loves the pain acting i'd say it's he's more in the bruce campbell mode than mel gibson in that regard you think so mm-hmm. like his like his like truthgasm with the golden lasso i think it's it's more goofy than like like mel gibson has always been sort of he has that like deranged australian thing going on yeah but like how many times is he like Dislocate his shoulder in a, just, in a lethal weapon just movie. Just the once, I think. But no, I feel I, like it's like five hundred times. I, I would never compare Chris Pine to Mel Gibson. No, it's it's more of a a, a campy, uh, for comedy's sake thing than Mel Gibson, who always seemed like he meant it a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I do like Steve Trevor, but you know, if you're worried what kind of movie it is, Diana does like this like super jump and like steals a sword that's supposedly meant to kill a god of war. All in the time it takes Steve Trevor to get dressed. I think it's always entertaining in these superhero movies to see them kind of discovering their powers. Yeah. You know, where it's like, oh, I can just punch right into this wall and make a handhold, yeah. you know. Which I never would have had to do with Themyscira. Um, and then, like, the conversation later is he's like trying to explain her how things work there as far as he knows in man's world. Well, maybe we can find the man who can. And she's like, I'm the man who can. <laughs> uh, the fish out of water stuff when they get to London is lots of fun. She's very one-track mind, like, I must get to the front to kill the god. Mm-hmm. I have the god killer with me, that sort of thing. Um, but the shopping and kind of, you know, can't find an outfit that allows her the range of motion she wants. That was all, all good times. The outfit she eventually picks out, like, a, basically, like, a, a man's trench coat, if I'm not mistaken, right? Oh, I mean, it seemed feminized oh, for maybe, her. Okay. I mean, tailored and whatnot. It was a, it was a, yeah. it was it was elegant. It was it's classy. Not, not dressed like a lady. Yeah, I think it was workable. She's still. Yeah. I mean, she's feminine. That's what matters. Um, you know, what her her definition of feminism. Uh, Danny Houston and Doctor Doctor Poison. Doctor Poison. I I like Doctor Poison somewhat. Uh, Danny Houston, I could take or leave. He was just blah blah blah. Danny Houston's like really trying to pick up whatever creepy familial vibes are left from Walter Houston. I feel like he's just, he wants to skis you out. Um, I, I'm always really annoyed when the villain, like he has to really teach an underling, like the value of being prepared for a sneak attack and then shoots him in the head. And I just think like, why'd you waste the speech in the bullet? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they just seemed like kind of a distraction the whole time. It was like, here's the plot. Um, Dr. Poison at least had a cool look. Mm-hmm. And she seemed very comic booky. I mean, I, I should say as much for as much as this movie is directed by Patty Jenkins, you could really tell, you could see Zack Snyder's fingerprints were on it, especially in some of the action sequences. Like, mm-hmm. I think in the same way that there's like a, a Marvel House style that no matter who directs, you kind of like get a similar kind of look and color palette and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I think there's definitely like a DC House style well, and that's heavily influenced by Larry Fong and and Zack Snyder. And um, I think it didn't serve the action well at points. Like there were times when we would get just obvious CGI Wonder Woman. Yeah, that kind of like doing like these ridiculous like twirls and whatnot that it didn't look like a real person. Like it wasn't 
like it was obviously like that's not a, a person doing that you're moving too weirdly yeah yeah well it's kind of like in uh, i think it's the second matrix movie when you actually got the dvd oh, yeah. release and you looked at some of the yeah. action you're like ooh, mm-hmm. bad um well like uh, this is a larger conversation but like the defenders has a lot of problems a lot of lot of lot of, oh the look on benjamin light's face when, I, when I, he flashes the defenders in front of his mind um i just can't believe i watch all eight episodes of that stupid show and quickly too right yeah, I mean that's what that's what you do with Netflix. So it just keeps playing the next one. So you watch it. Yeah. Like, I, why am I doing this? I at least gave myself a couple of days to digest. Really? But I mean, would you say that by the end you were bored of the action? Do you oh, absolutely. How, yeah. Do you remember how interesting it was? Like, say in the first def- uh, first Daredevil show, always seen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or even Jessica Jones is pretty good. I liked a lot of Luke Cage, and then everything after that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Diana versus the Rolling Door is funny. I liked Eddie Candy. I liked I liked the original Pam. Um. Movie brought back Death by Cyanide Capsule Tooth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, the little fight she has in the alleyway where she protects Steve. That was a nice little turnaround. Um, and then just the little I, things I in the movie. Say it's really weird to be talking about a character named Steve just because we have a friend named Steve who's perhaps the exact opposite of Steve Trevor. So you should spell it out for people. Just imagine the exact opposite. That's what you get. Yeah, not heroic. <laughs> Not self-sacrificing, not handsome. Not good at the ladies. No. Considered average where he comes from. <laughs> Below average. Um, that's Steve's voice. Uh I had one of those moments where like I'm watching one of the scenes of this movie and I'm just yell out, Mormont. <laughs> that's the guy from the Was Night's Watch. This? Yeah, he's one of the generals. Oh, Jorah Mormont, yeah. Yeah, yeah. In the Supreme War Council. <laughs> talking about Jorah. Oh, I would Jorah. love it. I would love if Jorah was in there. This movie probably could have used a little bit more like English class. Yeah. Diana, I conquered the Dragonstone. Like, don't you wish you could talk like Jorah? Well, I think everyone does. Yeah. But I, I, I think I, Danny Houston mm. and um, like, I guess Thewlis, whatever. I don't even know if he's English or not. Um, but yes. like. I feel like he could have raided the Harry Potter cast a little, the extended Harry Potter cast, and and found some some older British actors to kind of class it up a little. Like they're the the zealous Howling Commandos, like Ewan Bremer. I really dislike that character a lot. I just like he's like oh he's a sniper, but he's like a coward. He's got PTSD, and, and but he plays a piano. It was just so what the well, fuck couldn't, is this? Couldn't you have? I don't know, gone any other member of the train spotting cast. Did we need a fake Howling Commandos team? What, 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 honestly, what was Robert Carlyle doing? Yeah. Why couldn't Robert Carlyle have been the general? I thought the, the bit with the chief seemed almost self-serving in its like illusion of depth where he's just like, who, you know, who killed your people? His people. And it's like, oh, hey, are they going to get deeper? No, they're not. That will nope. never come up again. Nope. And it's just there as like this window dressing of a, a kind of a, a deeper idea than the movie really wants to explore. Well, just I, I felt like we were halfway through a Howling Commandos recruitment or whatever. Like it's like I got these three bros. That's it. That's all I got. These are my bros. Well, and I, I like um, what's that guy? Sayutamaguchi. Yeah, I like that guy. I don't like his character, but I always I didn't like him. his character. And then they had him do like the stereotypical. I'm both scared and aroused at the same time. Well, no the point of the movie. It, no, when he has to uh, imitate like the stereotypical Indian man, mm. like it was just like, why is this? Like, it's such a modern joke. Mm. It seems like, and like, 
in Ward. I don't know. Like, I, I was not digging that part of it at all. Like, I don't understand why any of those characters need to be there. Like, why couldn't it not have just been Steve and Diana? Yeah. yeah. They didn't really seem to do much. Like, there's some smoke signals at one point. No. He's a sniper, but he, he, he honked it. I mean, he played the piano. That was, he like, he, he played, he laid down some, some tones for them to, to get uh, interested in each other, too, as I guess, uh, Ewan Bremer's biggest contribution. <laughs> get him. Um, I mean, the movie went basically the ending of the first Captain America movie. I wonder would it have been better. Weirdly, yeah. I would, would it have been better if Diana had somehow been frozen in the ice or whatever. But like, I, I don't know if she was, if I wanted her to feel haunted in modern day or something, like something more, like something like I mean, like it's the, been like a hundred years. The passage of time. I didn't know yeah. if I want her to feel that more. Um, cause so she works. It seems like they didn't know how to end it at the end, and so they just went for like the old Batman movie style, she works where the, it's yeah. just like it's the hero being a hero, and that's the end of the movie. It's like some kind of like art slash museum. Uh, I could buy that, thing. like some sort of antiquities curator, or but whatever. like she also travels to Metropolis at times, just a hobnob. The impression I got from Batman v Superman was that like she'd been in hiding. And then she 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 surfaced just to get this photo mm. for some reason. Like, there's definitely I think a little bit of retconning going on between that movie and this movie. So, like, what exactly Diana's been up to? Which I don't know if we actually said it in that podcast, but we should have. That like, holy shit! That 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 scene with the photo was just like, hey, we'll figure out something later. <laughs> yeah, here's some emails. <laughs> Why is Batman surprised when she shows up? You fucking emailed her. You sent her an evite. <laughs> And I like I like Diana dressing down the um the generals. Of course, you recruit a task force in a pub. Well, I, I think they. It was nice to see that she wasn't just all like brawn. Like she actually was like, oh, I can translate that for you. Like mm. she wasn't like an idiot, you know. Where it's like, oh, I'm just like a tough guy because I feel like that's kind of a. If if this was a movie about a male hero, that's probably what we would have gotten. Mm-hmm. You know, where yeah. it's like like Thor basically, like he's just a big dumb idiot who's like strong. Which is which is what the that character should be about, mm-hmm. which I, I think is why, in some ways, the Thor Ragnarok trailer works. Yeah, because yeah. he's just a dummy who likes to fight. Um, you know, but once she gets to the modern world, other she comes kind of a little cipher. She has her one track mind. Um, I think a lot of that is just to do with the plotting. Like it seemed like they, like I said, they had this great character, mm-hmm. and she's totally nailing Wonder Woman as like this big inspiring hero. But the movie around her is very rough, mm-hmm. and it's just like we're like her and Steve Trevor and their natural charisma are just gonna they're gonna just gonna walk us through these scenes that aren't that great, you know. Like, well, and I think her costume looks great on screen, um, and that was always my concern is, is how to make that costume. That which fine. Yeah. I know is a it, moot point because you have a guy in blue tights and a red cape, but like it definitely seems like it was a little more colorful than it was in Batman v Superman. Yeah, which good because it was a very blue hued mute world war one vibe mm-hmm. um to me her character should be easier to translate to the screen than the boy scout from another planet i think boy scout from another planet yeah superman okay um sorry i'm not a dc guy so really that was that hard for you to decipher seriously that was. was that hard for you to decipher okay he's from our planet as far as i'm concerned oh well, i'm glad you're so accepting um yeah, I mean, it felt weird with the No Man's Land, just like tonally to me. I 
it got to that kind of generic slow-mo action that I always fucking despise. The speed ramping. But it was like yeah. tonally, it's like you just now you're in like this weird World War One bonkers action sequence. Which I'm glad for her to take the initiative and be like, fuck this. Fuck all of you. I'm gonna go clean up. Especially it's no man's land. Ha ha ha. Well, it's interesting. I, I listened to a fair amount of podcasts about this movie, and from what I can gather, and this may just be because we're dudes, but all of the women in the podcast I listened to you, that was their biggest number one moment. That was like absolutely thrilling. Um, and maybe it's just because we're guys and we've seen male characters do that so often that it just doesn't feel the same but, as it would if we were women. I'll definitely accept that as a possibility. And other than that, another being totally honest about that, if you're a guy and you have any other kind of harsher opinion about that sequence, shut the fuck up. You don't need to have an opinion. You don't need to verbalize it. Let people enjoy the movie. Um, the thing I would compare it to is probably like when Ray gets the lightsaber in The Force Awakens. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, maybe it's just because I'm a huge Star Wars fan, I felt that a little more than the uh, the No Man's Land like climbing over the the ridge it could have also just been the world war one setting like i just like i never even saw war horse i just really don't like watching movies about world war one so that's probably part of it war horse is a pretty solid movie i mean it's spielberg um it's a very interesting movie i only watched it recently myself mm. but uh what i like about ray's journey is that it is a journey i mean from the start of this movie diana is the god killer and only she doesn't know that and we only learn it you know a little bit before her but she really. is learning her own power at the same time though yeah but i mean like there's no she's learning the power that she already has i mean whereas ray is kind of growing and developing and learning you know what i mean like um well i do think and like i said maybe this is just being guys it doesn't impact us the same way after a decade and a half of superhero movies or, or probably longer at this point having the the big damn hero be the woman for once and having that big rogue moment be for her you know i think that that's going to impact people mm -hmm. it was refreshing i mean i really i i i enjoyed her character and i enjoyed steve trevor um i didn't really care for a lot of the other movie but i didn't hate it it wasn't terrible i mean i've seen it was fine you know? yeah it was yeah. fine um i enjoyed this then like like i said i just watched eight hours of defenders this was a nice palate cleanser <laughs> oh, defenders is so bad Defenders should not have been. Defenders was a movie stretched to eight hours for sure, and not even a good one. Like a really standard, boring comic book movie stretched over eight hours. Honestly, episode three should have been episode one, and ninety percent less Danny Rand. I mean, honestly, like fifty percent more Jessica Jones. Tangent to Netflix for a moment. Like I, I almost wonder if part of their design is like they want to make shows that you can be on your phone during the whole show. <laughs> Seriously, like so many of those scenes, it was like you're like so far ahead of where the scene needs to be. You're just like, okay, they're just going to argue for a while and then agree. I'm just going to check my phone for a sec. Oh, there was a curse that I placed upon myself where every once in a while I'd be like, you know what though? It could be worse. Foggy could be in the scene and then Foggy would fucking show up. Fucking Foggy. <laughs> I don't know about that new haircut either. Um, anyways, back to this movie. Yeah. The no man's land sequence. I, I, I wish they didn't get to the, the French village. I don't know. It was just weird. Like, Maybe I just had too much knowledge of World War One. I. I took several classes on it in college, and so like the idea that you just like pass these trenches and suddenly you're in a French village, like it it mm -hmm. rang false to me. Um, but all the stuff where she actually is in no man's land mm -hmm. uh, with all the machine guns and whatnot, like that was really cool to see. Mm -hmm. 
then we had the Dr. Poison fake out. Uh, what did you think about the whole like mission to kill either her or, or no, it's, I guess to kill Ludendorff was. Yeah. The, yeah. Ludendorff. Interesting they use that name. Um, the Danny Houston character just seemed so generic to me. Like he's got some kind of superpower or something from Dr. Poison's gas. It like makes him stronger or something. Yeah. Temporarily. It makes his face glow and feel funny. And he can break a gun in hand. But like, I guess the whole time I was like, I'd like to hear more from her. And I'd like if her eyes about a face mask was a little more allowed her more mobility to be less mumble mouthy. Yeah. You have a very interesting actor behind that half a mask. Um, well, well, this, it just, Ludendorff seems so just kind of like a, a boring cardboard cutout of yeah. like evil general. Like it seemed like they should have given more attention to Dr. Poison because yeah. she had like dyna- dynamism to her. I um, don't know. A t- I only know a couple offhand Wonder Woman villains. I'm going to assume that she's one because her name's Dr. Poison. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> if they made that up for the movie. Kudos. Um, I had a good chuckle though of Steve Trevor's attempted seduction of Dr. Poison. <laughs> And then it, Diana it, it almost person. worked or something, I, but I then he, guess. but then he like he couldn't help but have his eyes drawn to Diana. Like whatever dress. that fucking meme on Twitter is with the guy staring at the other woman. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, somebody go go do that. Doctor Poison, Steve Trevor, <laughs> Diana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and they just like randomly gas that whole village. Um, it was neat that she could just like walk in and not breathe the gas, I guess, or something. Mm. Um, I would have liked more of her powers. I mean, granted, she's she's punching dudes left and right and whatnot, but like more stuff like that, you know. Um, the lasso was fun, although it's not entirely her power. It's just kind of like a a tool that she has. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah. I I did like the bit where he wraps the lasso around his hand to be like, yeah, yeah, like no, seriously, I'm telling you the truth, I'm proving it. I, I would like one of those lassos. I feel like uh, that'd be some fun torture for myself. For yourself. I'd just like to know what it feels like. For yourself. Just saying. I um I have a lot of questions about that. I almost don't want to intrude on the sanctity of a Wonder Woman Absolutely podcast. Absolutely not, no. <laughs> but um, um but I have a lot of questions about how that works. The <laughs> I guess she had no invisible plane. Which you it's know probably what, a good thing. Probably a good thing. Probably leave that behind. Yeah. <laughs> Can she fly or but, just I mean, jump really high? That's e- I I feel like the way they had her body going, it looked like they were trying to strength like uh, say she's jumping like a like an early Superman era. She just jumps. High. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that's what they were trying to stress because she wasn't doing the I'm doing like the fist out thing. I um I don't I think they were stressing that because I know that they go back and forth in the comics whether mm-hmm. she can fly where she can whatever. Um, the invisible plane thing is super easy to fix though. I think you don't do the whole like. Her just crouched in midair, whatever. You do something where it's just basically like stealth, right? Like super stealth, like the fucking helicarriers in Marvel. You just say the outside turns invisible. You can't. Does she need an invisible plane though? Really, I don't know. Well, not if she can jump super high. I would like. I, mean, to I see guess her... it's just as a transport. It's handy, but I would like to see her fight somebody that wasn't a god. That was more, she's like, what, half god? Someone more akin to her. The demigod, I think. Whatever. Akin to her physical strength. So that, and then don't do it in that kind of bullshit Zack Snyder style where nothing looks real, anyways, and you can't connect. I mean, it might as well have been a Transformers movie. I think it might have been be, giant robots. I couldn't connect to it. I think it'd be interesting to see 
a fight where strength isn't the the deciding factor i guess you know ingenuity on top of muscles or whatever but like something where dare i say this uh, the elephant in the room with like buffy at least though it always felt real you know what i mean like this is a real girl who granted is super strong like there's a real person behind all of this and i never felt that when the cgi took over when he's fucking like shaping his mask and stuff too yeah yeah it's like whatever it might as well be the last 45 minutes of the first well to me the the fun of a superhero isn't in the big slugfest at the end of the movie it's the little the little things they can do that a normal human can't like in the defenders every time jessica jones just like turns the door handle and it just breaks for her like that's always cool well, it's a one-two punch it's yeah. that and then when buildings are crashing it behind you it's what it costs you mm-hmm. that's where the superhero movie like has any legs it's not fucking ben affleck running from one affair to another in a three-piece suit like <laughs> i mean the making that fist at, does uh, wonder Superman. woman normally have a shield that seemed like a hey captain america has a shield she needs a shield kind of thing I don't think it's like one of her main things. I mean, the main things. Okay, so the main things are the head thing. What's the, the what's the head thing do? The tiara. I remember her throwing it a lot when I was a kid. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's like a boomerang or if she's just like ha headgear coming at you. The gauntlets, the lasso, and the plane were the big things I remember. Well, it seems like she she needs to deflect bullets, but at the same time, I'm not sure if it would hurt her if she was actually hit by one. Mm-hmm. I've always wondered about that. Like, is she, is she just constantly like getting her wrist gauntlets in the right place? That's a good collect? question. Yeah, because uh, I mean, the in the fights that she had, like she's getting thrashed all over the place and not really bleeding or anything. You know, like it was like, well, if you can stand that, couldn't you withstand a bullet? I don't right. know. Right. I guess I, mean, I think a lot of it's probably they don't want to like step on Superman's power too much because he's the uh, the Man of Steel. I've always thought though that she should be somewhat the physical equal of him though seems like it yeah yeah so i I think i think that's more just they don't want the powers combining too much and so it's like oh she just blocks them which is cool i wish though so at the end of this we really need to talk about the dc movie universe franchise whatever if it still exists but like i appeal to you patty jenkins you are there's a flood and you're like the one one person remaining floating above water like uh fuck them Make super, make Wonder Woman super powerful and let them all figure out like, oh God, she's too powerful for Superman or whatever. I feel bad suggesting this because it kind of dooms uh, future Wonder Woman movies. But if I were Kathleen Kennedy, I would have fucking snaked Patty Jenkins as soon as I could. Like, oh, the movie's a success. Like, we're just going to steal this away from UDC. And Whoa. guess what? Colin Trevorrow hit the bricks. We got a new director for episode nine. Yeah, maybe if you're doing future. Well, I guess you, let's talk about what's what's practical. You're going to do an Obi-Wan movie. Hopefully, you're going to bring back Ewan McGregor. That's a great idea. Why would, maybe, you, why would you make an Obi-Wan movie without Ewan McGregor? But, but my point, point is, my, my real point is, maybe don't hire some mediocre white dude to direct mm-hmm. it. Well, and it's, it's a shame that where the industry is now, it's like now Patty Jenkins is like that one female director yeah. that everyone's going to want to hire. She's doing Wonder Woman next, and then she'll have carte blanche. But, but, you but know, I there, think the there thing... could be many more Patty Jenkins out there who, if they would get the chance instead of the Colin Trevorrow's of the world. I hope that eventually, though, people will take out the word female and all that, though. Yeah, that's a long way off, though, I think. I, I agree, but like eventually, it's just like, Patty Jenkins is a great director. She does great action movies. She does great whatever you want to call I mean, to, monster. To me, what this highlighted was how much talent is stewing on the sidelines 13 years trying to get a movie made yeah. while guy Ritchie 
yeah, gets yeah. another fucking chance. Well, Zack Snyder. Yeah. Well, at least Zack Snyder's movies, some of them, like, at least make some money. You know, like, like Guy Ritchie, how many fucking bombs do you get to put out? No, by the way, you're, you get to do Aladdin next. Like, what the fuck? Is he doing Aladdin? Yes. He's doing the live action Aladdin. Like, after, after bombing, like, two movies in a row and, like, Meanwhile, like Catherine Hardwick's still in movie jail. You know why is he doing that? What I don't know. It it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I don't know. Do you want to do power rankings or do you want to talk about uh, movies? Now? Let me see if I got any more here. The killing Ludendorff stuff. I thought that was interesting, just because usually, usually you don't want your hero to just murder someone. <laughs> um, thematically interesting there that they decided how to do it, and then it it had no impact, and like. It seemed like they had one kind of an idea planned out where it's like, oh, killing Ares won't actually change anything. Humanity has done this all to themselves. You know, like World mm-hmm. War One, you can't put that on Ares. And then Ares shows up and essentially says that, you know. Mm-hmm. But then she does kill Ares. And suddenly all the, the soldiers who are about to kill each other are like hugging and like, yo, we don't want to fight anymore. And World War One's over. It was like, you just, you just stomped on your own theme you tried to build there. Five minutes earlier. It was like they they couldn't stick with it. They had to make her victory have a purpose at the end, you know? Yeah. Um and especially with World War One too, like that I think that works with the theme of no, this isn't some god making everyone do this. This is what humanity's capable of, you know. Like I that's a good war to have that sort of theme for. And then they just decided to kind of like no we still want to have her kill it kill Ares, and then it, everything's fine after that people stop fighting yeah but her her killing Ares though felt more natural to me than superman snapping that dude's neck well i think they'd established at this point that she's a warrior you know yeah. i mean they killed all those dudes on the beach like it wasn't like they were uh you know shooting arrows into kneecaps and shit like that yeah, yeah but i mean i guess the idea is that Part of the Superman thing is the next snap. It wasn't like it was a totally immediate self-defense gesture. Well, I don't think it came Superman has a cold-blooded murder. Superman doesn't have like a no-kill rule necessarily, but yeah, he wouldn't just like snap someone's neck like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, what do you think about Steve's sacrifice there in the plane? I thought it worked. I thought it was. Um, I think that's partly why I really like the. Um, the right before they they consummate their relationship the whole you know is this what normal life is supposed to look like and mm-hmm. he's just like i have no idea it's like these theoretically these two aren't going to get the settle down happy ending life yeah it seemed like it could have possibly been maybe a little more foreshadowed or like the setup yeah. a little more tragic it didn't have that feeling of tragic inevitability it just seemed like suddenly it happened you know yeah. um which I would say the Captain America movie, similar thing happening there with like having a crash plane. It felt like that, that to me never totally landed either. Mm. It was like, oh, I guess you have to crash a plane now. You know, like it didn't feel like this is a, a tragedy that's been brewing through the whole movie and we couldn't avoid it. It was just kind of like, well, this is convenient for the plot. I'm sure there's somebody in the development phase of Marvel, though, who argued like five minutes later, you're going to have this guy wake up modern day. What's the point? Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, what are they? What are they going to do in the sequel? Are they going to do like uh, Chris Pine plays his own like great grandson? And that's what I would do. I would just go with it, you know. Well, it's like, 
we all kind of collectively agreed like whatever it's it's you know we're gonna watch we're gonna watch captain america make out with like the great granddaughter of the woman he was into but at the same time how many of us are rooting for Jon snow and daenerys i'm right raise your hand wherever you are yeah i think yeah you could have chris pine play like i don't know we're recording this the day of that that finale we haven't watched it yet so uh, horace trevor whoever like his grandson i don't know um (laughs) <laughs> he, and he just gives, he has a chance to play the character slightly differently. You know, it doesn't have to be the exact same character. What's a worse name than Horace? I don't know. I don't think there is one. I think the worst first name for a guy is Trevor. No, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, and then Bruce Wayne at the end. Like, you're just, you're just like expecting her to like get a text before she like bounces off at like that ferry or whatever. It's just like, hey, uh, you want to get a drink or something? Well, <laughs> it's ben- just like, ignore. <laughs> well, Ben Affleck. Did it seem like a smart idea to agree to the cameo in Suicide Squad, but like not one in Wonder Woman? <laughs> Do you feel like a bit of an ass? All right. Well, uh, make one change. Uh, just some some tonal stuff and and. I don't know, a little more life to a lot of the the tertiary characters, the general, Dr. Poison. I I think you could have beefed up the villains a little and then lost. The, I think like Etta Candy works because you've got a good actress and you've got some punchy lines. And like this is the dynamic, the dynamic explained to all the players in that scene. And I think she's so strong about it. Um, like there is such a charge and energy in Paradise Island. Just just gets like sucked away when you get to the real world um well like we could have had diana and steve dancing to some music like we didn't need to know who the piano player was yeah. that could have just been some villager they rescued yeah yeah you know? like yeah I, if you're not going to do the howling commandos good don't do them at all they're just taking time away from your main character mm-hmm. yeah um i would if i could make one change and this isn't super specific but i think they just need to fix act three they need to settle on what what is the theme we're trying to hammer home is this a love versus violence type of thing love you know like are they going with uh kind of like don't turn to the dark side you know don't kill dr poison because you have love in your heart is that what you're going for then go for that is this a humanity has doomed themselves Ares has nothing to do with it then like you got to pick one and it's it seems like they tried to go with three of them at the same time and if you're going to bring back chris pine bring back Sai tamaguchi too I, and Lucy Davis. It's it's also his grandson. Yeah, and Lucy Davis. Is that Eddie Candy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's it's just everyone's uh great grandson and or granddaughter, and they're all the same character and all inside jokes apply. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't, like, you know, it's possible that the next movie they do might also not be modern day. It might be like World War II or So still a prequel to the bullshit. I I don't know. I mean at a certain point, like you just want a good Wonder Woman story, and like it, maybe it's better to not have her interacting you know with what? the Fuck modern it. day bullshit. Go crazy, go like this is Wonder Woman in the year twenty two hundred. I don't care. Go cyberpunk. I don't. I don't know. I mean, Vietnam does not seem like a good place for Wonder Woman to go. I don't know. <laughs> this movie was almost a World War Two movie already. It doesn't necessarily need to be during a war, but um... what is that? What stop? Everyone, look around now. You're like that song, like all like the the three songs that always play over every vietnam mm-hmm. war scene yeah something happening here yeah all right let's do our power rankings who do you have at number 10 um so 
we we try to keep this solely to characters appearing in the movie. I had Ewan Bremner as Charlie the Scottish sh- sh- sharpshooter with PTSD. I'm going to chuck him out and put in Patty Jenkins. No, I'm sorry. I'm going to put Danny Houston there. Not Catherine Hardwick. No, not Catherine Hardwick. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I had the Z-list Howling Commandos at number 10 collectively. I wanted to not put them on this list at all, but I honestly couldn't think of any other characters to put in the movie, so mm. that's where I put them. Um, my number nine will be actually be Patty Jenkins, okay. <laughs> having moved Danny Houston to ten. I have Bruce Wayne at number nine. He's not technically in the movie, but his I really, presence is felt. I really thought it's kind of funny. As much as there's some, I would say, negative baggage that comes with this Bruce Wayne, the Ben Affleck, Zack Snyder Bruce Wayne. I almost was, I was ready to put him on the list just because you mentioned him. The fucking Wayne truck shows up. I was like, yeah, he's gonna be on this list anyway. I I wish there was somewhere I could go place a uh an investment in the idea that Bruce Wayne will not be in that future Batman movie. Like the, the, the Matt Reeves one that they keep on like dancing around the subject of like, Oh, he's very committed to being Batman. Like as soon as justice league comes out, he's out of there. He is parachuting away. Let me ask you though. So it's Matt Reeves. Do you feel 50% better about that movie? Once Ben Affleck officially vacates. I don't think he is the problem with the DC but all the bullshit universe. comes with it though I feel like new actor gives Matt Reeves a little more cachet to do something better I think what I mean at this point they might as well just go do like a flashpoint plot line and then like which ev- they are everything's different we've recast half the roles which they are Superman's not like a weird murderer anymore who which, hates everyone which they announced three months <laughs> well they they <laughs> announced the tv show did it they announced that along with you know 20 other movies though so i don't know what the fuck they're doing uh, like two joker movies come on uh three possibly um but i don't matt Reeves, i don't know did you ever watch any of those uh planet of the apes movies he did just the first well i did the i watched the first one with you i watched the second one recently like because people are like oh that's a really good movie with the guy but from zero dark 30 i finally watched it and i was just like eh like you can see all the kind of like technically correct Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like executed stories and plot lines, but it was like somehow not engaging at all to me. It was like, yes, you've done all the right work in your script to like establish characters and themes and whatnot, but like it ultimately was just uncompelling to me. Mm. Felt like I'd seen the movie before. Mm. Anyhow, what's your number eight? Um, uh, Saitamaguchi. All right. Um, I don't think I'm. Like remotely... I just put the actors in, not the characters. I don't think I'm remotely pronouncing his last name correctly, and I apologize. No, I think that's the Tamaguchi's, uh, like the the Japanese, Japanese thing, the pet thing. Pet thing, yeah. I my apologies. Mm-hmm. I had General Ludendorff at number eight. Uh, he's totally forgettable. Ludendorff's a good last name, but other than that, he was just boring. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what else you do with that character, but I don't know. I feel like maybe just give him an eye patch or just some something about him to make him a little more dynamic than just like he's the evil German. What if that was like, uh, um, fuck, what's his name? Serious Black. Oh, I think uh, I don't think Gary, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman's too good for this movie. I think. Plus, he's already been Commissioner Gordon, so. But he's not the current Commissioner Gordon. No, he's not the current Jacked <laughs> Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> Why is he so jacked? That's such a typical DC thing. Like, oh, we got a new commissioner, Jordan, who used to be uh, J. Jonah Jameson. 
also he's ripped. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Is there going to be a super villain fight in Justice League where his shirt gets ripped off? I don't know. And Batman's like, nice physique. Yeah. <laughs> you CrossFit? What Jimmy go to? I'm sorry. What box do you go to? <laughs> do you do that thing where you pull the giant tire of a chain because your parents are dead? Anyway, uh, number seven. Maybe Batman's just been getting all his friends into CrossFit. <laughs> so the light flashes. He shows up on the, the roof of police headquarters. They get the download of information. Joker's back in town or whatever. And he just like leaves a referral card to this CrossFit gym. No, I think, I think it's more like it's... Uh, it's just like a typical gym, right? Like it's like your your twenty four hour fitness or whatever. And uh, J. Jonah Jameson's there. He's you know Commissioner Gordon. He's like doing his elliptical, or maybe he's doing like the just like a one of the machines, the mm-hmm. weight machines, you know. Mm-hmm. And then like all the lights go out, and like they all flicker and go out, and then like one light turns on behind him, and Batman's there because that's how Batman shows up, you I know. Like and Batman Batman's just up. like you need to up your game. I feel like Batman shows up in like gloves, a tank top. Like like way too tight bicycle Still shorts. Still has the cowl on. Yeah, the cowl's on mm-hmm. and like some kind of shoes. And like he just works out beside them. And they're like, "This is weird." It's just muscle confusion. Let me introduce you to it. <laughs> These weights are shit. Pick up that sledgehammer. Are are there actual weights in CrossFit gyms? I've been to one with a friend, and there's no like machines that I saw. I think they might have those little like keggle weights or whatever that you pick up and throw around. <laughs> That's probably the wrong word for are, it. But. Are a lot of guys working their kegels yeah. in CrossFit? <laughs> it's all about muscle confusion. Uh, anyway, number number seven. Who do you got? Uh, <laughs> um, Elena and I as Dr. Poison. Okay, yeah, I had a Dr. Poison there as well. I feel like they could have done more with her. Yeah. I feel like she maybe should have been the main villain. Like It seems like she ended up being the number three villain. And she should have at least been the number two villain. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I guess they kind of had to have Ares in it after making such a big deal out of him for most of the movie. But, but I think you start off the movie. I so here's what here's why I make the change, or just have her be Ares when Ludendorff kills the generals. Just have her push him into the cloud of mustard gas at the same time. You know what I mean? Hmm, okay. And she's like, now I have your well. She she could have been Ares in disguise, and and there there you go. Even though I'm not a German, I do the bad accent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, number six. What do you got? Lucy Davis is Etta Candy. All right. I had a uh, Hippolyta there. Hmm. General. No. No. Do you have the general, or you have Diana's mom? Oh wait, no. Yeah, I have the general hire. Sorry, Robert Wright. Pen. Yeah. Is it still Pen? Is it Robert Wright? I think it's just Robin Robert Wright, Wright now. Pen. We've been drinking. Robin Wright Pen. Okay. All right. Uh, I had Aries at number five. Do you have at number five? Uh, number five, I have Robin Wright Penn. I really, honestly, that should have just been Aries's mustache at number five. <laughs> He's the god of war, and he has a quite fancy mustache. I wanted the mustache to get bigger and bigger as the fight progressed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cash that check, David Thielis. Uh, I had Ed Candy at number four. Oh, nice. I felt like just in terms of characters with personality she shot way up there you know like i, I don't know there weren't many i didn't have her. her higher because there was still to me some of the i don't know like uh uh built in like she's meant to have funny lines to be the, comedic the comic side relief, yeah 
sidekick and i i just kind of gravitated more towards the the powerful roles over her well, i felt like the but i liked her a lot and i, I and i it's kind of despite that like artificiality the plot line of her she's gonna like go like run their communications or something that just seemed like they needed to give her something to do so she didn't disappear from the movie entirely but oh, my my runner-up like number five top scene is her like you can't take the sword diana or whatever and then she like tries to carry the sword Anyway, um, so number four, I have Connie Nielsen as Hippolyta. Hippolyta. All right. Well, I feel like they like they gravitate back and forth in the comics. This is my little bit of knowledge of Hippolyta from the comics. At times, she's a villain. At times, she'll take over as Wonder Woman mm. in the Justice League. So, whatever. Number three, I had, is it uh, Antiope? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Um, she was cool. All anytime you can get like archers on horseback, like doing cool stuff where they like lean over upside down and shoot and like her whole like three arrow thing. Like I like archery in general, so yeah, she's cool. So just the archery. Just the archery, yeah. Nothing <laughs> else except the archery. I thought the scars were interesting because I kept thinking like the first and the first times in like a movie character, I was like, I wonder where she got the scar. Right. Like like genuinely wonder, like not like Well, there's a question like who are they fighting exactly? Yeah, what are the? It is. This is like almost an idyllic society. Yeah, it's 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 like a paramilitary utopia. Maybe they just constantly have assholes washing up on their shore that they have to murder. Could be, because I mean they're not fighting each other. It doesn't seem like, (laughs) like they're training, but it's not like you don't get the sense that there's like political maneuvering in civil wars or anything like that. I just like that this, this could have been like the other end of the island from lost. And we just don't ever see this storyline in the show. Maybe there's like the, uh, I don't know what you'd call them. Like the, the exiles or whatever, you know, who've been cast out of, uh, the main Themyscira tribe there who are constantly warring to get back in power. Yeah. Yeah. What are we? Number three, number three, uh, Aries. Um, I always like David Thewlis. I thought, I thought his bumbling sir, whatever Patrick Morgan, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was he was interesting. I I just always like him. I just oh, it's like immediately like wait a minute, that guy seems like too good of a guy. Well, he must be the evil one. Everyone else plays the the misogyny of like oh my god, a woman in the war council, the mm-hmm. supreme war council, which I love. I love I love British people in the war. It's not just the war council. It has to be the supreme mm-hmm. war council. Um. But he had more of that kind of knowing recognition look on top of the fact that, yes, it's David Thewlis. Of course, he's going to be the bad guy. Um, well, because everyone else is like nobody. <laughs> but he, once he became full on Aries or like basically he did some mocap work at one point, I just kept thinking like, man, he was so much better in season three of uh, Fargo. I didn't see it, so I couldn't say. Yeah. I feel like you're throwing shade at me. Okay. Mm. Uh, number two, I'm guessing we have the same person. Yeah. Steve Trevor. Yep. Yeah. Um. Obviously, he's not uh, gonna take number one, but I think he. It was a fine line to walk with him, because I remember one of the trailers I saw right, like not long before it came out. It seemed like they were really playing up the like Diana does something cool, but then Steve does something cool too. Don't worry, guys. Yeah. Which like that seemed like a little too much. I was worried that was what the movie was gonna be, but he's like, my bros, don't worry. Yeah. But the movie itself, I think, didn't approach that. You know, it didn't didn't get to that level where it's like we have to have Steve doing something heroic the whole time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was a good character. Their romance was undeveloped, but 
you know, but consummated. They're two hot people who are into each other, so they both wanted the D. Um, like is she? I guess she doesn't get pregnant. I don't know. Can she get pregnant? Well, a hundred years later, I guess not. I mean, unless she just, she's like, like the baby in an orphanage. By the way, I had a kid like eighty years ago with your great granddad. I guess she doesn't age. No, I guess not. Wouldn't there still be some kind of loneliness though? Like not to go like full like angel broody, but like wouldn't there be some? Yeah, I mean, like does uh, she just never? I mean, uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll see in the sequel like if she goes back home to Themyscira. Like really, in a hundred years, you haven't gone back. It almost makes me think that maybe they there should have been some sort of plot element where it's like if you leave, you can't return or something like that. Like some sort of sacrifice. If you go, there's a good chance you won't come back. But that that's not like that's it's not definite. Those aren't stakes, you know. Yeah, like yeah. if it was like if you leave, you can never return. That it would be that like, would be more interesting. It felt like an early draft of what could have been a great movie mm-hmm. is in general. Um, but yeah, like I said, I got a general sense for him, and I could be wrong, and I'm very open to to counter opinions. That a lot of the times when he told her he can't do something, it was more like nobody could do this. It's it's based on my understanding. It's not there was maybe a little bit of gender. You can't do this, but it was mostly just a disbelieving of the supernatural in gen- general, I would say. There was that, yeah. but there was also just a lot of like, I believe in your power, but in this society, you're going to stand out too much if you do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not what Lack you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, number one, obviously, obviously, Diana, Princess mm-hmm. of Themyscira, Wonder Woman. Um, yeah, Gal Gadot, she took what what I consider to be a, probably a pretty tough role. Like, mm-hmm. this is a role that really relies on an actor's charisma for a lot of it and i think that was probably something you didn't get too much in batman v superman just because she didn't have much to do mm-hmm. but i think uh credit to her and credit to patty jenkins for kind of finding the core of that character and bringing it out well and take any of these big roles that especially where a movie's been in development for such a long fucking time mm-hmm. kind of like superman movies and just treat yourself to like the wikipedia page of all the people who've been attached so i want to read a couple of these names lucy lawless Catherine zeta jones lucy lawless make, the, both those make sense mariah carey no the wrestler china eh. kate beckinsdale nah angelina jolie and eh, maybe sandra bullock probably not no yeah that's just a couple i, I could have swore there was more Ooh, michelle mclaren was one choice originally Oh, she had. She was the oh, director Beyonce. of the movie. Michelle McLaren was going to be the director until uh, supposedly she wanted to like have like a talking tiger pet and like some other weird stuff in the movie. And so they basically like got rid of her and brought Patty Jenkins. Wasn't back. Patty Jenkins the original Thor two? Yes. Okay. Okay. That's Patty right. Jenkins was the director of Thor two because Natalie Portman wanted to work with her, and then. So can we help thank Natalie Portman for this? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that didn't work out. Um. Yeah, but yeah, Gal Gadot, I, I am not a fan of those Fast and Furious movies. I think the brief time she was in those movies, she there was something there, which I'm sure is what got her hired for these movies, or for for Wonder Woman and the DC extended universe. Um, Probably just because she was known to American audiences too. Yeah, I, I don't know. Warner Brothers, their their casting is always they usually go for big names. Do so you, it's surprising you, they went for her. At some point want to talk about how many times people suggest Fast and Furious movies to headcanon? Uh that's not gonna happen. I don't think. Got an interesting choice or suggestion in the recent emails for the end of our PLL podcast, which was uh Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. 
I saw that, yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We shall see. But yeah, Diana, definitely number one with a bullet, obviously. It's her movie. She is like, without Gal Gadot in that performance, this movie doesn't work at all. It totally falls apart. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely got to give all credit to her and to Patty Jenkins for capturing that. Because I feel like you can tell when the DC house style takes over. Mm-hmm. And it's no not as good. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I wouldn't say no man's land. I would say after she exits no man's land. Okay. Right. Like when I she's parts of no, no man's land. When she's just walking with the shield. I mean, well, by the end of no man's land, I'll put it that way. Okay. Because to me, it was the the crossing of no man's land was good, but it was when she got beyond it that it was kind of like typical action. Yeah. Uh, anyway, any last thoughts on Wonder Woman here? Uh, no last thoughts on Wonder Woman. I mean. I didn't hate the movie. I didn't love the movie. I enjoyed it. Um, I'm looking forward to the sequel. I'm not looking forward to the Justice League. I don't know. I might. I might like pop a pill before I take that. Did movie. you watch the last trailer that was like four minutes long? It was like the Comic Con one. It was heavy on Wonder Woman at the beginning. Obviously, um, I might have. It looks bad. Oh, well, Everything with Aquaman I, looks. Then terrible. it's definitely a Justice League trailer if it looks bad. <laughs> I, I think Aquaman is just gonna. I get I like that they got Alan Heinberg wrote. He's he's written for like some of the Shonda Land shows, but he's also um he's also like written like Wonder Woman comics. So I, I kind of mm. like that they they can claim that credit. Uh, also, sorry Raquel about your suggestion to join us for this podcast. I just saw the email. Oh, you know, yeah, that is a good point. We really should have had someone, uh, someone not us on this podcast a, a woman to talk about this because i think as much as we can talk about it it does mean and is going to impact women differently than it is men so mm-hmm. that's i don't know maybe we'll find a way to do that uh get some other some other takes on it besides ours because yeah at the end of the day we're, we're a couple of dudes have been watching conquest movies for 20 years it's not the same for us as it's going to be for someone who's finally seen a representation of themselves or someone at least you know their same gender being the big hero for once not the sidekick not part of the team but the actual number one hero i mean i, I don't think catwoman or electra count you know right uh plus nice to see one of these dc movies that doesn't like total dog shit yeah i mean we're not anti-dc i, I was i'm anti-dog shit fan. i was a big fan of the dark knight trilogy Superman should be an inspiring character. Um, yeah, just whoever's running Warner Brothers doesn't. I don't know. It's a miracle this movie even worked out. Like, I I got to give all credit to Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot on that because yeah. somehow they avoided all the uh, the awful studio notes that seemed to invest these movies. Yeah. So yeah, um, thumbs up in general for Wonder Woman interested to see what they'll do for a sequel and it's really it's like how can they how can they insulate this character from getting dragged down too much by the rest of the bullshit that goes on in the tcu it'll be interesting yeah can they maybe find a new theme a new score like motif for her than the the electric cello i just i don't dig it at all it 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 clashed completely with this movie in my opinion i just can't believe someone signed off on that and that batman vs superman movie yeah, I, I'm not a fan. It sounded like something out of like Mad Max or something. Um, yeah. Anyway, that was Wonder Woman. 
And I don't know when we'll be back next, but uh, in the future, there is a possibility we'll be doing Justice League. So we may be checking in on this character again. All right. Well, until then, bye-bye. Bye.